I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 559 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are headed to the House floor today as United States Congressman Jim Jordan joins me on First Class Fatherhood. Jim Jordan represents Ohio's 4th District, which he's been doing since 2007. He was the ranking member of the House Oversight Committee before becoming the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. He is also one of the founding members of the Conservative House Freedom Caucus, uh, serving as its first chair and now vice chair. Before beginning his career in politics, Jim Jordan was a two-time NCAA national champion wrestler. He was a standout world-class wrestler in high school as well as state champion all four years of his high school career, compiling a record of 156-1. and Congressman Jordan has carried that tenacity over to the House floor where he is revered as one of the most dogged investigators of government scandal and corruption, relentlessly fighting for the truth no matter how tough the odds. He's got a brand new book out right now titled Do What You Said You Would Do. Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. The link to the book is down there in today's show notes. It's an honor to have him on the podcast today. Congressman Jim Jordan will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Jim Jordan was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the congressman and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you enjoyed today's interview with Congressman Jim Jordan, you may want to go back and check out my other interviews that I've done with Congressman Andy Biggs, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Senator Josh Hawley, Eric Trump, and many others. And make sure you bring it right back here on Wednesday because I will have former Congressman Sean Duffy joining me along with his wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. It's going to be an incredible interview, so make sure you bring it back for that one. And we are in the middle of the Christmas shopping season. You can knock out a few people on your list by getting them the classic My Pillow for only $19.98, a $50 savings by using my promo code FATHERHOOD at MyPillow.com. They got over 150 items over there. You could save up to 66% on your entire order. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD at MyPillow.com. Be sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with that rating and review. Always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Congressman Jim Jordan. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got a couple of ways for you guys to help support the podcast here and save some money. As you know, Christmas shopping season has started once again. And right now, MyPillow has got the lowest prices in history on their original MyPillow, the pillow that started it all. The normal price is $69.98. But right now, if you use the promo code FATHERHOOD, you're going to get it for $19.98. That's right. Save $50 on the original MyPillow. Go visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout. All right, and secondly, as you know, the NFL season is now heating up. The NBA and the NHL are underway. Take your kids to the game in person the way it's supposed to be and save $20 on your tickets at SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS and save $20 on your tickets. All right, just a quick recap. MyPillow.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. SeatGeek.com, promo code First Class. Two ways for you guys to save money and help support First Class Fatherhood. 
Joining me now, First Class Father, Congressman Jim Jordan. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Good, good, good to be with you, Alec. All right, let's kick it off like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Four kids, 34, 32, 29, 28, all four married. Uh, the two oldest each have two daughters. So we got four granddaughters and one on the way. Our, 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 we go girl, boy, girl, boy. So our third uh, child, uh, she's, she's expecting in, in the next month. So that'll be our fifth grand. And it's going to be another daughter, so a, a fifth granddaughter. Wow. Congratulations on that. Thank yeah, you. I got, we got four ourselves. We had three boys, then got the girl on the fourth try. Otherwise, we'd have five by now, but we got the girl there. So <laughs> that was it for that. No, no, no grandkids in the foreseeing future here for me, yeah. though, thank God. So uh, we yeah. got a while to go. Uh, if, if you could here, please, Congressman, maybe for a couple of listeners that don't know, if you could just hit us with a minute about your background and what you do. Well, I'm in politics now. I've been in politics for a number of years. Was uh, first ran in 1994 state rep and then did that six years state senate for six years and then been in Congress now. Uh, 15. Before that, it was all wrestling. Um, when I was a, I always tell folks when I was in grade school, I had life figured out like a lot of grade school kids. Uh, I knew what I was going to do. I was going to play middle linebacker and I'm from Ohio, but I, 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 I had, I knew I was going to play middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I'm old. I grew up in the seventies and, uh, in the seventies, the Steelers were winning everything. And I, Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, I could name all the Mike Webster at center all the defense, the steel curtain, but my favorite guy was, was Jack Lambert. And I was going to be the next Jack Lambert. But, um, if you, uh, you know, if you, if you see me, you know, that, uh, the good Lord had other designs. I'm five, seven and a half on a good day. And so had to focus on wrestling. And so it was all wrestling. I, th- that's what I, just what we did. And then I coached wrestling for eight years at, uh, at Ohio state university before I got in politics. Um, and my wife and I were married in college. Um, so we were, I've known her since, uh, since grade school, we met because her brothers and my brother and I grew up wrestling together. And um, so we've been hanging out together for a long, long time. Very cool. If you could, Congressman, take me back then to the beginning of your fatherhood journey here then. About, about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father change your uh, perspective on life? Well, uh, I, always, I always tell folks when you get married and have kids, you look at the world different. It just this is the way the good Lord made it. And so we were married in college. And so I was 21 my, between our junior and senior year. Uh, two years later, Rachel was born. Um, so that was in 87. Um, so, yeah, you just it just changed because now you're responsible for a, for someone else, another human being. And, and uh, you know, I think about uh, the impact my parents had on on my life. I always I always I always say, you know, you think about the sacrifices they made. Um, I, I spent a lot of time coaching wrestling uh, and, and working at my brother's wrestling camp when when we weren't in, in session. And kids would come up to me from time to time and they'd ask, what was um, what was the biggest win in your wrestling career? And I've been fortunate. I wrestled all over the United States. I've wrestled in what was then the Soviet Union. I've been to Cuba twice. But I tell folks the biggest win for me came when I was a 15 year old kid uh, wrestling in the state tournament my freshman year. And I was able to win. And I tell folks I won mostly because of my dad. When, when I when I really think about it, I won mostly because I was just ignorant. I didn't know that freshmen weren't supposed to win the state tournament. I didn't know that kids from Southwest Ohio weren't supposed to beat those kids from Cleveland and Akron and Canton where wrestling was big. All I knew is what my dad told me. And he said, if you if you set goals and you work hard, good things can happen. And I was dumb enough to believe him. But the point is he was there to do what what parents have always done 
keep their kids in line, tell them how to focus on goals, just help them get to their get to their goals and their dreams. And um, that's exactly what I tried to do with with our four kids. They were all athletes. And, and but I learned it from my dad and my mom, who made so many sacrifices for my brother and my sister and I. Yeah, well said, Congressman. And I talk on this podcast all the time about the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. We've got so many kids that are growing up without yeah. that father or father figure. It's having a devastating uh, toll on our society. And I truly believe if we could strengthen our family units, maybe bring some God back into focus here, the majority of the problems we have in this country would start to well evaporate said. quickly. Yeah, well said. And my, uh, well said. My, my dad was was old school. He was he started the kids wrestling program at our school, him and my uncle. Um all our buddies, my brother and I, all our buddies were afraid of my dad because he was he was old school, but they would sell out for him. When he coached us in baseball, they would play their hearts out. When they coach him in wrestling, they would wrestle as hard as they could because they knew he cared about them. And you, you think about, I always, I always tell folks, next to your parents, people who impact your life are a coach or a teacher you had along the way. And they're not the ones who let you get away with things. They're the ones who challenged you and made made you find your best every single day. And that was what my dad did for not only my brother and I, but for our buddies and our teammates. And um, and kids would kids would sell out for him, even though they were afraid of him because he would kick their tail in practice and keep him in line. We need more of that in our culture today. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, I agree with you there. And yeah, I've had many uh, different athletes on here that didn't have a father. They, they found that in coaching. I've had many Navy SEALs and other military guys that found that father figure in the military. So it's when these guys find it in the street that's leading to all the chaos. And, yeah. and you know, I wanted to jump on that because right now, uh, Congressman, it's kind of a scary time for parents. I mean, we're seeing what was going on in Virginia. They're telling parents, hey, stay out of the school curriculum. We don't want you here. Your, 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 your opinion's not necessary. Parents responded by showing up at the polls. We see what the result was. Sure did. Parents, parents are in these school board meetings now. The kids are dealing with um, it's they can pick their gender. They have to wear masks. Uh, you could wear a, you know, a skirt and go into the girls room. Uh, so we were seeing critical race theory being taught. So and meanwhile, the Congressman, the school system worldwide, we're 38th in math, 24th in science. Uh, the literacy rate is dropping here. So it's it's a concern for many parents here. What's your take on all of it? No, you're right. And I think you saw the, the election results we did in, in uh, on Tuesday um, because you try to get between a mom and a dad and their kid, they're going to push back. Parents are going to push back. And well, they should. Uh, this idea that somehow government cares more about your children than, than parents do is just ridiculous. And um, yeah, you're exactly right. And we need to focus in schools, not on this this racist hate America curriculum, but on on setting goals, working hard and learning the subject matter and striving to be better. Um, I mentioned, you know, next to your next to your mom and dad, it's it's usually a coach or teacher you had along the way. For me, it was my high school wrestling coach. And, I, and I, I've said this. I've told this story many times, but it is the truth. My high school wrestling coach was uh, he was also the chemistry teacher, Ron McCunn. Toughest teacher in our school, taught chemistry and physics, and the toughest coach, I think, in the whole state of Ohio. And this is not an exaggeration, Alec. He talked, he talked about discipline every single day. I can still remember him in class. He's like, hey, Jordan, this is, this is not any class. This is chemistry class. More importantly, it's my chemistry class. You want to do well in this class? You're going to have to read the material. You're going to have to come to class prepared. You're going to have to do the experiments. It's going to take discipline to do well in this class. And then in the wrestling room, oh, my goodness, he drove me crazy. It's like discipline is the most important character quality you need to accomplish anything of meaning or significance. It's what we need to accomplish our team goals. It's what you need to accomplish your individual goals. Discipline, self-discipline. I'm like, well, that guy shut up. He sounds like my dad. I get it from my dad every day. Now I got to get it from coach and practice. 
but he had a great definition. And it hangs in our wrestling room, this, this, his, his definition of discipline. In our high school, my brother took over as coach after he left, and they were state champions 20 years in a row. But it started with Coach McCon. We got all these state championship banners hanging in our school. But the biggest banner, when you walk in our wrestling room, is the, is the statement from Coach McCon, which is discipline. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. And that meant doing things the right way when you'd rather do them the easy way. It meant doing things coach's way when you'd rather do them your way. And, and it, was, it was such an important lesson for all of us young guys to get from our chemistry teacher and our wrestling coach. And that's what's missing. That's what we need more of. Um, but I so appreciate what my mom and dad did. And I, I appreciate Co- Coach McCunn has passed away. But he was a super guy and a super coach and impacted a lot of student athletes in a very positive way. Yeah, great stuff, Congressman. And then, and then going into that a little deeper here, then uh, about discipline, what type of disciplinarian uh, were you as a dad with the kids growing up? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? No, it's the same. I mean, um, my, my dad, uh, what was his attitude? If you do it right, you don't have to do it often. So sometimes that my, met, met my brother and I had a what what. I guess we, we called a come to Jesus meeting with my dad, if you know what I mean. And that would that, that would that would get us back on the right path. But he was he was like I said, he was old school. I saw him. I saw him discipline, <laughs> discipline kids at wrestling practice in front of their parents. Just grab them and say, you're not doing it right and straighten them out right there. And I'm like, holy cow. I, I mean, you couldn't probably do that today in today's world. But um, when he was when I say he was old school, he was. And so we uh, yeah, our kids were pretty easy to keep in line. And I felt like they, uh, uh, we spent so much time in sports. Our oldest daughter was a, was a, was a good distance runner in high school. Uh, our youngest daughter played, uh, played golf and she wound up playing in college. And then both our boys wrestled and both were, um, I'm, I'm bragging like a dad now, but, uh, they were both uh, three time state champions and then all Americans in, in collegiate wrestling. And our youngest one was a four time all American, two time big 10 champ. So he could, he could bring it. Uh, so we're, I think back some of my greatest experiences were, their big competitions, watching them, Polly and I watching them compete. Those were some of the greatest memories I have of, of when the when the kids were when the kids were smaller. Wow, very cool. And I'm, I'm going to jump into your book in just a second here, too, Congressman. But uh, getting into what you do a little bit, I don't remember growing up the political atmosphere being nowhere near as toxic as it is right now. We're seeing it rip yeah. families apart. And so although, you know, kids don't have to you know overly be involved in politics, but we're going to want to equip them to be prepared to debate the topics of the day that are going to affect their lives here. So how do we kind of navigate them through uh, what's going on here? They're seeing that like if somebody has a different political uh, opinion than you, they're the enemy rather than having some kind of civil discourse, some kind of conversation. So how do we kind of get them through uh, this to not deter them uh, from being away from this thing completely? Great question. We got You got to focus on the Constitution. You got to focus on how our system was set up. The First Amendment is, is so brilliant. This idea that we have five fundamental liberties, your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government to redress your grievances, freedom of the press, freedom of speech. Those fundamental liberties are so important. And if we respect those and respect debate, then 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 we can have what we're supposed to have in America. I always tell the story. One of my good friends is Dennis Kucinich, former member of Congress, and he is way over here on the left. He thinks I'm one of these crazy conservatives. I think he's a crazy liberal, but we're friends. He believes what he believes. I believe what I believe. Let's have a debate. May the best argument win. May the best 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 uh, argument carry the day. And then then shake hands and get ready for the next debate. But today, instead, what we have is, and I I think it's mostly from the hard left, 
The left says, oh, if you disagree with me, you're not allowed to talk. And if you do, I'm going to call you a name. I'm going to call you a racist. You're not allowed to speak. And if you speak stuff that I don't like, we're going to even try to cancel you with the cancel culture that, that exists out there. That is so wrong. That's not respecting the First Amendment. So I think what we have to do is really focus on making sure young people understand the brilliance of the Constitution and what this country offers its citizens and understand fully what the Bill of Rights, in particular the First Amendment, are all about. Yeah, very well said, Congressman. And just on that, I mean, I see it on a small scale here. Like when I bring on uh, Secretary uh, Mike Pompeo, I've had Senator Josh Hawley on here. I get just destroyed on social media for it. And we're not even talking about uh, politics. We're talking about fatherhood and stuff. So how do you kind of handle all this? I mean, social media is a cesspool out there. Yeah. You're getting it on, on a high level. How do you kind of protect your family from all these kind of crazy people that are out there on the social media? Well, uh, don't don't read the don't read the comments. That's that's the number one thing. Uh, Twitter's not the real world. It's a fun world, but it's not the real world. Uh, don't read the comments. Post the tweets that you want to post, and then go from there. Uh, you can sort of tell if you if if the left doesn't like it by the number of comments, and if the comments what what's the uh, if the comments are more than the than the retweets or something. Then the you ratio, know, you, yeah, yeah, you get ratioed or whatever. So um, yeah, I just post what I believe in and post what I think is important. But yeah, it's not the not the real world. And it's it's sad that you're just bringing on guests, having a debate like you're supposed to. You get criticized for that. You get called. That, that is just so Dennis Kucinich. When Dennis came to our oldest daughter's wedding, I mean, because because our, our son in law is from his district. He had given our son in law his nomination to to uh, uh, West Point. And Dennis and I were friends. I said, come to the wedding. And uh, we had a great time. So you got a conservative and a liberal no, no, no. We're, we're friends. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be, even if we disagree on policy. But it's just frustrating to me. And it, it's Barry Weiss, when she when she wrote her resignation letter, when she left The New York Times and she wasn't on the right, she was actually center left. When she wrote a resignation letter about the, the, the cancel culture and what it does, if you speak out against the woke mob and engage in wrong think or wrong speak. And she used a term that I thought was was very appropriate. She said, you will face the digital Thunderdome. They will put you in the Thunderdome and come after you for just speaking your mind and, and making an argument that having a debate. Um, it's frustrating. It's wrong. I hope we can get past it as a country because we'll be better off if we do. Yeah, I, I pray to God we can get back to something like that, uh, Congressman, as well. So let me jump into the book here. Do what you said you would do. Fighting for freedom in the swamp. Why this book? Why now? What's it all about? Well, the title is, uh, I say all the time, I think we make this job way too complicated. Uh, what did you tell the voters you were going to do when you put your name on the ballot and you ran for office and the people, we the people elected you, go do that. Just go do what you said, what you were elected to do. Uh, all too often, though, when you get to this town, there are a million reasons why you can't do what you said you were going to do. A million excuses, frankly. So do what you said. And we we talk about in the book and I, I, I tell folks, I wrote every word. I'm I'm old, so I'm I'm the old-fashioned way. I get the yellow legal pad out, and I I write it longhand. And um, we talk about the Freedom Caucus, uh, how it how it came into being. Uh, I tell people there's a reason we picked the word freedom, because I think that's the most important thing. When you think about America, that's the number one word that comes to mind is the freedom to chase your goals, to to accomplish your dreams. You can do it in this country. So we talk a lot about that. We talk about some of the um, I write about the uh, sort of behind the scenes stuff, um, you know, when we made a decision as the Freedom Caucus to move, force John Boehner out as speaker. Um, I've had the privilege of, because of the committees I serve on, Alec, I, I, I'm on the oversight committee, I'm on the judiciary committee. 
I've been involved in just about every major investigation that's happened in the last decade here in the IRS when they targeted people, um, the Benghazi Select Committee, and then, of course, impeachment. We spent a lot of time on that first impeachment 2019 when the left went after um, our president, who did probably more of what he said he would do than any president, certainly in my lifetime. And so I talk about when they tried to get tried to impeach, what uh, uh, did impeach and then had the trial in the Senate of uh all, all this sort of behind the scenes stuff that happened in, in, in uh, the impeachment of 2019. And I think the re- I think your viewers will I think they will enjoy the read um, and, and they'll, they'll get a, they'll get to go behind the scenes and feel what it was like in these investigations and the interactions I had the privilege of having with uh, with President Trump. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Do what you said you would do. Link to the book is in the description of today's podcast episode. You know what, Congressman, I just recently had uh, uh, General Kellogg on the podcast here and he was talking to him about it. What's so hard for me to imagine? We, talk, we hear the word swamp, right? We, we we hear it all throughout President Trump's presidency. But I was talking with him about how like you had someone like Stephanie Grisham, who's supposed to be the president's press secretary. She's yeah. there as his ally. And we find out she didn't vote for the guy. She undermined him, come out with a book, throwing shade at him. So how do you guys even know uh, who the swamp monsters? How do you know who's who in the swamp? Well, I'll, I'll say one thing first. Uh, that's a great point. Uh, I wish every single American could meet President Trump because if you can, I mean, you probably have. But people who haven't who watch your show, if you're around, you cannot help but like uh, like this guy. There is there is an energy. There is a charisma about him. You can tell he loves the he loves our military, loves our veterans, loves our law enforcement, loves just regular people who make the country special. He is such a good person. And he took on everyone in this town and got more done than did more of what he said he would do than, like I said, any president I've ever seen. I mean, and he had every Democrat against him, everyone in the mainstream press against him, all the bureaucracy against him, for goodness sake. And 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 frankly, a bunch of Republicans. And still he, he accomplished so much. So um, you just got to you just got to come here with the attitude. I'm going to get criticized. Um, in fact, I tell my I tell my colleagues all the time, particularly the ones in the Freedom Caucus, I say, if the mainstream press isn't saying something bad about you, you ain't doing anything any good. So just like get used to it. You come here and do what you said. And President Trump did that. Um, and we need a lot more of that attitude. So it's it's just an attitude. He has a one of the one of the conversations I had with the president. Uh, this is I, I, I feel privileged. I get to talk to him every week. But one of the, one of the conversations I had with him um few years ago was when when the Mueller investigation was going on and he happened to call me when I was in the Capitol. And so I just ducked into this room and I'm, I'm kind of pacing around the table. and We're talking about Andy McCabe and, and Comey and all the stuff going on with the Mueller. And, you know, but somewhere in the course of conversation, I said to the president, um, I said, Mr. President, I know what I get. I know how CNN comes after me and MSNBC and the New York Times. I know the, the, the what the press says about me. I said, but you get it a thousand times worse. And you get it every second of every day. And he goes, well, Jim, what are you going to do? Go over in the corner, get in a fetal position, start sucking your thumb. He goes, we got to fight back. And I said, I agree, Mr. President, let's keep fighting. And not not fighting for the sake of fighting, but just fighting because you, you, you're trying to do what you think the people elect you to do, and what you told them you were going to do. That's the attitude we need. Um, I tell folks, too, like, and do it with a smile on your face. I mean, we got the truth on our side. You might as well smile about it and fight for the things that, that really count. 
Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I was actually, I had press credentials. I was at the White House 12 times during his presidency trying to get him. I sat in on a briefing. I was trying to, I I actually was there the day Mueller testified. And, uh, you know, he pointed at me like I had the next question. I was going to ask him about fatherhood, you know, and he's uh, one of these guys next to me asked him some off the wall question. He went on a tear and then went to the chopper after. So, but I was close a few times. We got to, I got to, I'm going to tell him he needs to come on your podcast here then. Please do. It's been my number one goal since I started the show. So put a word in for me if you could. Yeah. He's got a wonderful family. His his I mean, I got to know Jared and Ivanka and, and Don Jr. Eric, they're 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 wonderful people and they they truly love and respect uh, their 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 father. Yeah, I, I've been honored. I've had Eric Trump on the podcast here twice. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I love the family. Yeah, I love what they stand for. And so hopefully we see more of them. And then just to get let me, let me get a quick hitter here on you being a grandfather. What has that experience been like for you uh, to transition and watch your kids become uh, parents? Yeah, it's 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 all fun. Everything you've heard about it is 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 true. In fact, this weekend, our, our oldest son, him and his wife are bringing uh, our two two granddaughters. They're the two youngest. We got two older ones with our older daughter, but they're bringing them to the house. So we're going to get to spend Saturday night with them and Sunday. The, the bad part is none of them live close. Like the, the closest is three hours and then another some about two and a half hours. And then we got some out of state. So um, that's the hard part. But, yeah, it'll be fun this weekend because we're going to get to see two of the four granddaughters. Very cool. I, last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? It's all about time. Spend time with your kids. Spend time with your family. I mean, I look, I understand. I mean, I got ADD. Most, I think most guys have ADD and you, you're hard charging. You want certain things you want to accomplish and you got to, you know, you got to earn a living for your family and you got to do all that stuff. So I get all that. But I think back to with our kids after we were able to have dinner a lot together when they were small. And after dinner, we would have some game we would play. We, we had the, we played kickball, the old kickball game. And I, I was always on defense. And my, my, the, the game was if they could get 10 runs, all four of them, before I got 10 outs, we'd play it that way. And I'm always, so I'm throwing the ball at just fun games like that. Uh, spend time with them. Uh, that'll make it, I think, make it. That's what my dad did. My dad coached us. He spent time with us. He sacrificed for my dad worked third shift for Worked for General Motors and worked third shift. My mom cleaned houses. They did it because they loved their kids and they wanted their kids to go to college and all experience the American dream. But they spent a ton of time with us. And that's what I tried to do with our kids when they were when they were small. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Congressman Jim Jordan, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. Take care. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Congressman Jim Jordan for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love reading your feedback. Make sure you get that Christmas shopping season started early. Get over to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. You can help support the podcast here, and you can save up to 66% on your order. The classic MyPillow now available for $19.98. It's a $50 savings just by using the promo code FATHERHOOD over there at MyPillow.com. All right, make sure you bring it back here on Wednesday. Former Congressman Sean Duffy will be joining me along with his beautiful wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Don't miss out on that one. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.